My name is Joya Owens. I am a singer songwriter and recording artist and the founder of the Friendship Society. And you are watching Folks Alert on Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Folks Alert Show. My name is Kiko. My guest today is Joya Owens, uh, CEO of the Friendship Society. Joya, how are you? I'm doing well, Kiko. How are you? Hey, man, I can't. I can't complain. I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm okay. I'm okay. The good thing I don't have my kid over here this weekend, right? So I, I'm. <laughs> I'm relaxed. <laughs> you know. Thanks you to go. the hur thanks to the hurricane Nicole. You know, I say, hey, listen, you can't come over. Stay at your mom's house. And, yeah. you know, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great weekend, right? Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Um, Joy, you've got, a, you've got an interesting career. Uh, but before I even ask you about that, uh, the tools that artists have these days, what would, have, what, what would that do for you when you got into this industry? If you had all these these mm. hacks when you got into this industry, what, 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 what would that have done to you? I mean, do you think about that? Because. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm scared to, <laughs> I don't know. I'm scared to think about it. Um, I don't know. Like I, I have no idea being so determined. Um, on one hand, I know it would have been great. Um, but on the other hand, just thinking about the zeal in which I, I approach everything back then, I, I just don't know. Like, because I, I had the drive, the determination, and definitely the work ethic, but not the, the, the wisdom. The wisdom was not there. So I don't know how that would have turned out. <laughs> well, you say you didn't have the wisdom, but you probably didn't have as much as you have now, right? Correct. But yeah. how you got into this industry, you were pretty determined, you know, mm -hmm. because you could have just been a vocalist, a songwriter, and be comfortable with that and just, yeah. you know, but you went and got a record deal and become an artist. And now you're an entrepreneur. Right. But I, I want to ask you this. Do people know who they're talking to on social media when they talk to you? Do they have any idea who you are? No, no. I almost prefer it that way, though. No, well, this, I didn't even know who you were. Right. I was just when I when I made the interview request, I was just making the interview request based upon the content you had on your page. I'm like, wow, this is cool. You know, and yeah. I had, I listen, I had to check myself like, wait a minute, am I leaving money on the table? <laughs> right. I, I just had, you know, because I, I'd like to think I am pretty in tune with what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm not on the artist management side of things anymore, but, you know, it's, 
when I stumble on your page, I'm like, wow, this is great. Yeah. And then I said to myself, why artists need to be, they need really need to be consulting you. Right. Because yeah. I'm sure you know this, but let me tell you, okay. You have, you have took the music business from what it was in the eighties, nineties, package it into the modern era with all the hacks and tools of social media streaming and you made it so simplistic for people to understand. Wow. I get the, I get it now. L listen, I get listen. Joy, I've been watching you. I I get it, homie. I get it and I was like I you know, I wanted to just call you and say, "Hey, yo. Thank you. Where were you in in 1998 for me?" Right. Okay. Where where were you? <laughs> I appreciate that. That's what I'm saying. So People I... don't know who you are. Right? Yeah. Do you still write? I do. I do. I do still write. I'm and you know what? And that's on purpose as well, right? Like I don't want to the one thing I didn't want to do with the friendship society, although everything is going to be leveraged from the last thing, right? It's like right. previously this this you know, you're ushered into this because but what I didn't want to do is just attach that to this right away because I really wanted to prove myself in this community. It's just because I don't want to say just because this is my history. Right. Guys should listen to me. You know, I wanted to dig in. And then what I was finding out along the way is that although there was, although there's an enormous amount that I didn't know, I, I had to dig in deeper, like, oh, okay. I gotta go here, 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 and here. And the strategy calls helped me a lot. You know, listen, you're, you're being humble, Joy. I mean, listen, stop, cut it out. You really don't have to be helping anyone, okay? You don't have to. You could just right. write and just get the placement. You, you don't have, but I get it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to give back? I get it. I understand. You know, um, and, and I, I'm I'm assuming that when you when you do it, when you see artists as yourself, you're still an artist, right? That, that that's never gonna leave you. When Correct. you see artists in this era making mm -hmm. the missteps that they shouldn't be making, mm -hmm. I, I see in some of your video you cringe. Yeah. <laughs> like. <I do. laughs> Why not to at all? But I'm Do like, you feel like you just want to reach through the, the computer, the phone, and just like, hey, stop, stop, stop. No, no, no. Don't, don't do that. Sometimes. But I also, too, don't want to come off um, as if I don't understand them. Right. And I also, too, want to let them know, especially when we're live, you know, like when we're live, you know, the, the q and A's. it's, it's kind of intimidating sometimes for people to jump in and ask questions, mm -hmm. but I want them to do that. So I always have to have, or I try my best. Ooh, it's hard sometimes, but I try my best to let them know, like, look, I'm you, you're me. I'm just probably you. You know what I'm saying? Like 20 something years from now, wherever you are. Gotcha, wherever gotcha. You are. So just, let's just chop it up. Let me, let me, let me know what's going on and maybe I can help. So 
I want to I want to take you back a little bit. Uh, okay. You were working with Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Went on tour with her. How old were you when you went on tour with her? Mm, let's see here. Well, when I came into the industry, I lied about my age because um, that was very much the thing at that time. So I think I was 25, but I said I was 21. So that's the first thing. So I think I was 27 because mm -hmm. that was 97. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, you, you, but you got a, you got a front row seat. Oh yeah. You, you're talking about with, with, um, touring with her. Touring with her. That, that was your first tour. It was, yes, it was my first tour outside of like my own, my own stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. When you, when you're doing, going on this tour with her, it's the first time you probably leave in Detroit, right? Um, no, I, I lived in, in New York for like 10 and a half years. Oh, so you already, you already relocated to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I relocated when I, I got signed to Universal. So I was signed first and then came out and then became independent. And during that independent time, that's when I toured with Mary. So she already knew who I was. Um, cause I, I had lived in New York from 90 five to maybe like 2007 something like that so you would just were, so you were writing just doing your two steps getting developing unit when you were at universal mm -hmm. you got signed mm -hmm. but still you were just feeling your way around yeah i um i got signed through vincent herbert at that time and the, the album came out it really didn't do what we wanted it to do. I got other deals. I went over to A&M Perspective with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis for a while. Then I got an offer when Andre Harrell was going over to Motown to go over to Motown um, through Eddie F because mm -hmm. Eddie F was over there. But I was like, uh, nah, I'm going to take my wings and fly. And at that particular time, because I, you know, I mean, it's small. It's a small town. It's big, but it's small as it pertains to like, Oh, it's a bug in here as it pertains to like the music scene and stuff like that. So a lot of people had known me, a lot of dancers and musicians and stuff like that, because you know how New York is. It's, yeah, it's small. It's small. It's and, and, you know, we're we're club to club. We're open mic to open mic. And that's just the way things go. So I got the call at that time because I was gigging. I didn't have a deal anymore. And hey, it's like, let me get my hustle on. So I got the call from Mary. And um, once again, trying to fly under the radar. Right. <laughs> but she she did recognize who I was because we were out at the same time. And, you know, weren't that, you know, weren't that many. It's like Miss Jones or... Um, Monifa. Monifa, definitely Monifa. Definitely Monifa. Shout out to Mon Monifa. Mo is so cool. I love but, her. Oh my God. She's one of the sweetest people you ever want to meet, Monifa. And so is Mary. Yeah. I really enjoyed touring with Mary. Tell me this. Mary's what Mary is, as we know now. Mm -hmm. When you were touring with Mary, and did you know or did did you see the little spark of 
this is something special that I'm part of right now. This, this is, you know, you know, this Mary J. Blige chick is. Oh, listen, there's no way to explain it. There will never be a way ever to explain it. The magic is, it's undeniable. She's, I don't even think like when people see her live, you, you, you have to, if you ever can see her live and this is just for anybody who hasn't gone to a Mary show, please make sure to get as close to the stage as possible. Right. She's such a phenomenal powerhouse, but her spirit is so soft. It is the polar opposite of what we think that she is. She's the polar opposite of what everyone thinks she is. And, and, and it's not to say that Mary had a, has a bad reputation, but I think she has, um, I think people think that she's really tough, which she, she is, but she's very soft. She's very soft, very soft, very soft spoken, just a very sweet natured person. Very iconic too. You know, oh when, you think, when you think of Mary J. Blige, the first thing that Ooh. comes to mind is what's the 411? Right, because that's the first that that was the the hit that really got me on to Mary. But mm -hmm. as you look at Mary's career from then to now, you know, she has been around and stand the test of time. Correct. You know. Yeah. And it just for you to even go on tour with her, I mean, that was yeah. just that had to been. I don't even want to. <laughs> can you even put it into words? Um, I listen because I, that was I, the that was the beginning of that was the that was the that was the stepping stone beginning of greatness. You know, the foundation that was it. Yes, I um, it was it was all those things. I think that what I know is that when you are a singer, it's kind of like being with your being in the um. I'm just gonna say like they we they used to say find your tribe like right. whoever is like you find those people and I wherever there was singing going on wherever there was singing that's just where I wanted to be I, I just wanted to be there and at every point I was like okay if there is a milestone or if there's something that I have to if there's a ceiling I need to knock through or punch down, I, I want to get started. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is an audition. This is how I started my career. I started right. doing rounds before I even got a record deal. So this is going to be very easy. And I remember that there was, um, I remember distinctly who was on that tour. Um, I remember all of the, mostly most of the band, um, and remember the MD, but I didn't think I was going to, to make it because they kept saying someone has an accent. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time I had just, I wasn't really living in New York at that time. Now, if I'm mad, you know, I have like my New York accent, but right, right. at that time it was very much Detroit. So True. somebody... Somebody has an accent. So I was like, all right, yeah, that's, I'm out. It's going to be crickets. 
And she came over and she was like, you know, what are you singing? I said, second soprano. Um, she said, can you sing first? I was like, yeah, absolutely. She was like, I want to hear everybody individually. <laughs> I was like, okay, here it goes. <laughs> right, right. So that was it. It was, and it, it, you know, everything was like one, two, three. Um, but, you know, like I said, it was magic. And um, I had never looked at myself, especially back then, not that I do now, but especially back then as not being able or not being capable. So whatever you put in front of me, I'm very much capable. I, I didn't have a, um, a feeling that I didn't belong there. And so, I mean, you, was, you, you soaked up a lot. I mean, from that experience, but also it, the, the business side of it, yes. you know, it's, it's the way you approach the, the music business from what I've seen that you, you're doing with the, uh, the friendship society. Where was this in 98? Where, why didn't you have this? And when I say you didn't have this, why didn't someone like yourself back then to like really mentor artists? Because when you got into the business, right, mm -hmm. I am sure you didn't know the business as, as it is right now. You didn't know. You might have known a little bit about publishing, but the mechanical and the placements, you didn't really know the business. No. And a lot of artists get into the business not understanding the business depending Absolutely. and relying on someone else that they trust to navigate this music business that we're in. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Do you think that's why a lot of artists are, are making the mistakes that they're making because poor management, not enough mentorship, uh, lack of guidance, maybe even from their managers? No, absolutely. Um, and I do, to, to answer that question, I didn't know anything. I knew nothing. I didn't know conflict of interest. I didn't know perpetuity. I didn't know publishing. I mean, I knew I, knew I had to have a publishing company, pardon me, but I didn't know, I didn't know anything, anything. Right. Uh, I just, I think that the reason why I was so blessed, and I'm, I'm just going to say that, is because I think I had a an unusual work ethic. Mm. And I think that I can remember distinctly in my head, the lawyers, the music VPs, even some label owners who just kind of took me under their wing when they really didn't have to. And still now, if I ask myself, like, if you can, if you could extract everything, what do you think is left? And I really just think that um, it was, it was the way I worked. Thank, thank God. I, I didn't have to go through any me too situations. Never found myself in those circumstances. I think, I think people just, I was just, I would just annihilate it. Right. I didn't care. 16 hours, 18 hours in the studio. When everybody is gone, that's when I leave. Wonderful. Yeah. I, wa I want to play a single off your debut. <laughs> so, 
Listen, <laughs> relax, relax. Come on. This is this is off of your debut album. Uh, Here I am. I, I like what you do to me. Uh, the music video. Mm -hmm. I want to I play this and I want to come back and I want to talk to you about it. Okay. All right. Joya, Go. I like what you do to me. yourself when is the last time you've played this have you have you seen this recently yeah i um on my personal page somebody is always tagging I mean, you all, it always or asking about uh, you know like sampling it i know um one young young man contacted me about a sample for here i am the record actually sounds good i love right. it so yeah that's dope do you does it take you back you know, I I don't think I think that deep into it, but um, I guess you know as time moves forward, it's just a trip to see it. It's a trip to know that. Yeah, I remember it, it's, where I it's was. It's so it's so nineties. It's so nineties. So nineties. <laughs> the sound, the look. Oh, <laughs> it's so nineties, yo. The so hair. Look at the haircut. It's so listen. It's so nineties. I was so small. I lost so much weight. Everybody was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you've gone to New York and look how you're looking. I was like, OK, yeah, <laughs> I'm cute. So, yeah, but it, it, it was um, Black Moon. I, I remember bumping into Buckshot after that. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, so <laughs> such a funny story. I was such a Buckshot fan. We bumped into each other at Miami at Peter Thomas's How Can I Be Down conference convention. Uh -huh. Used to have an annual. And he walked up to me and he was like, Joya. And I I couldn't get anything out. And he was like, It's Buckshot. I knew. Right. But I was like, okay. And I know he probably walked away that day, like, okay. But I was just so in shock, like, <laughs> I 
Ike's buckshot. Speaking of how Ike be down, I remember, you know, the Jack the Rapper. Do you miss those music? I mean, we need some of those music conventions to come back because that's where everybody went, network, the Jack the Rapper, the How I Can Be Down. You had your CD. I see you got a record back there with cassette tapes. No one even knows what a cassette tape is. Mm -hmm. But that was like, (laughs) and I think that kind of made you a little, it hardened you up a little bit. It kind of helped with your work ethics because if you really, this is what you want, you have to get out there and beat the pavement no absolutely i mean no though when you know at those conferences i think the best part about being in the industry at that time i always say this is that there was no velvet rope right so it's like i i remember walking down a, a hall with puff i remember you know like being right there with like goody mob and goody mm-hmm. mob and i know these like this is like way before um many people who probably will listen to this were, were born. Right. But I, you know, it, it was, there wasn't a, a line that divided us. Right. It was like, I could see mob. I could, I could be right there near Pete rock. I could be right there near mob deep. I could be right here talking to Jay. I could be right here talking to Dame. I could be right here talking to Nas. Right. Right. It was, and we all were, you know, like one, you know, big, it was just a big community, especially in New York. Looking at the industry now, because what you just described to me, things was a little bit more kosher between artists. Yeah. Uh, that's change, right? Mm-hmm. That's change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. How do you feel about that? Because do you think it's changed for the better? Because listen to what you just described right a few mm-hmm. moments ago mm-hmm. now it's a lot of tension a lot of violence artists yeah. can't you know they're not as kosher as you know as they were in the 90s correct and everyone didn't get along you know we, people had a disagreement oh we don't get around I'm just gonna work with you but yeah it was more of a like you said community now it's correct. just the money comes faster with streaming and yeah. that comes, there's a lot of things that comes along with that. Correct. What do you think about that? Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to put that into words. Um, I think if, if I could have a bird's eye view into what's going on right now for an artist, with an insider's perspective, I could probably speak to that question a little bit more. But what I can say is that I know for certain people were less guarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, I, excuse me, if I was in like eye shot of like Jay-Z or somebody like that, or um, I could remember sitting at a table with Tyson. Like I, it, you know, it wasn't, it was like, it was nothing. It was nothing. It was nothing for me to be backstage with with Tupac. It was nothing for me to be backstage with Suge. It, and people wouldn't look like, oh my God, who is that? Because it, it just wasn't that time. It was just wasn't that kind of time. When when the hip hop when the hip hop thing, the East Coast West Coast thing broke out, you're part yeah. of that era. Correct. That's when you know things got a little tense. 
did you yeah. find yourself well you're an r&b artist so you don't really get dragged into it right you don't really it, it's kind of like a no. hip-hop thing but you do have friends on both sides correct no so i mean how do you what are you gonna do not talk to your friends i mean did they make you choose well well you know joy you can't talk to me i mean what do you do how do you how yeah. do you deal with that in that era how did you deal with you know your associate and your friends Mm, I, you know, it's a trip because I always been kind of removed, if that makes any sense. Right. So I knew a lot of people and I would be at parties, especially if they were at like the tunnel or something like that. But I was always the person who was, um, I don't think people could quite put a, I don't think people could pinpoint me, mm. like what I was or what I was into. Right. It, it just, you, you just couldn't. I, people would ask me all the time, are you this? Are you that? You, it was hard to pinpoint me. And I guess now, you know, hindsight is always 2020, but I, I didn't, I was in it, but not of it. If that makes sense. You were so, moving like Switzerland. Yeah, but not knowingly. Mm, okay. I, it, it was like, it was just a lot going on. I was really, because you got to remember, I'm a fish out of water. I'm coming from Detroit into New York, right? around a bunch of New Yorkers. So while New Yorkers are being New Yorkers and I love them, I'm like, oh, like this is great. I want to go to the Guggenheim. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the Met. Like, right. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I'll catch you later. Like I'm gonna be in in a village, like somewhere. Right. I don't know. That's where I'm gonna be. So it was kind of, you know, I was separating myself, but not on purpose. And then, as I said, like I'm a conquest person. So once I did the tour, and then I think I I was gonna go on tour with Lauren. I don't know. Something was happening with that. With all that miseducation stuff was going on, and then I got into performing so that's when i kind of started moving forward like moving up front right being a person who would like get all of these people together and be like we're gonna play these clubs sobs you know everything so that's cool yeah far removed from I mean, the east yeah well for you <laughs> you know you weren't unknowing to you you're moving like switzerland right you started the the friendship society mm-hmm. that is that's like your baby you yeah. know um you've brought everything songwriting uh your performance background yeah producing even producer background yeah and you mold all this into your entrepreneur baby you call mm-hmm. it the friendship society right you've put some videos on on Instagram that I, I want, I want to play from the friendship. <laughs> Listen, we, we, I want to talk about this first. Let's video, hey, this first video I want to talk about is cobalt. We'll talk about this. We'll come back. Let me play it. We'll come back and talk. Okay. When I say these people are getting ready, they are getting ready. Okay. So do you remember a while back we were hearing like mumblings about something with the royalty rights? between Cobalt and Facebook, where 
um, you couldn't use their licensed music. Well, now we understand why. So Cobalt Music Group sold to US-based private equity firm, Francisco Partners. Now, MBW reports that Francisco Partners owns 90%, leaving Cobalt's founders, original founders, with still like a minority ownership or a share of about 10%. We're told that the buyout is about 750 million, which does not include the rights. So that would be about another 430 million, making the total buyout about 1.2 billion. Somewhere in there is Goldman Sachs. Do you remember that we talked about Goldman Sachs predicting what the music industry would be worth in about eight years? <laughs> right. They, they're playing a play. They've been they've been making a play in here. Woo! Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. It's going down too, actually. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going over really well, actually. Goldman Sachs, they've been involved in everything from housing to the music business, the cryptocurrency. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Didn't we, didn't the, didn't the American absolutely. people give Goldman Sachs a bailout? Didn't they get a bailout money in the recession? We did, we gave them a bailout, right? Um, really? I think we I did. Jamie mm. Diamond from Chase, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs was part of that as well. I am pretty oh. sure, if my if my memory serves me correct, I am pretty sure Goldman Sachs was part of that. So, okay, they're playing with the taxpayers' money. Didn't know that. Wow. So we need to get a cut of that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking retroactive here. Right. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice. And this is the kind of stuff that you teach in the, you know, uh, the friendship society. And that's why I said, I would have loved to have you in 1998. Right. You would have been like a blessing. Thank you. You, you know, <laughs> you do. You, I'm sorry. Were you an artist in 98? Yeah, I was. Okay. Junior Junior Payne. You know, coming up behind that mod lion, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes, that kind of like reggae hip-hop era. Yeah. Yes. I was absolutely. part of that. You know. Absolutely. But hey. So, legend, I'm, I'm being interviewed by a legend, basically. That's nah, what's going I mean, it. It was, it, what was it back then? It was Stush Polygram out of the UK. Oh, I was signed yeah. to. Then Polygram became Island Def Jam or something like that. You know, yes. Roy Black was the guy that signed, the, the guy that signed me, Roy Black signed them. And that's how I got involved with it. Roy okay. Black is the guy who founded Island, signed Bob Marley. That's the whole history there. Wow. Um, but, you know, my thing is, you know, I music when I figure out what music was, mm -hmm. I wasn't really interested in it. I, I gravitate more to the business of it. And yeah. then that business turned into radio. Radio turned into pirate radio. Mm. And pirate radio is what 
cause me all my problems. I am the only man the FCC ever sent to prison for a radio violation. What? I am the only person MySpace sued for MySpace radio and took it for me. That's my history. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, News Corp sued me for MySpace radio, and that's how I lost MySpace radio. I mean, listen, but it's it's part of not understanding trademark. Uh, and yeah. I, I thought I had a, a little leeway because I, you know, funny story. I, I mean, I don't want to take away from your interview, but I bought the my I didn't own the MySpace radio name. I bought it from a guy f- from Canada for like three hundred dollars. OK, because once the FCC thing with the mice with the pirate radio, I figure I'll get into online radio so i bought the myspace radio because myspace was moving Mm -hmm. and then when i bought the name i didn't really do anything with the name i sat on it and then why when myspace was dissolving and figuring out they wanted to move into music with justin timberlake i figured Mm -hmm. well i was going to do radio and then my news corp sued me and then we went to uh mediation federal court and the federal retired judge agreed with them and ordered the 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 domain registrar to transfer the name to myspace and that's how i lost it oh wow yeah but so no appeal or anything like that no i I mean what am i i I didn't you know i didn't really i didn't really put up a fight for it right because I i really wasn't doing anything with it but Correct. I, you know, and they did have they did have grounds. They did have standing for the trademark, the mark, right? Okay. The okay. MySpace, the name was quite similar, and sure. they said I was infringing on their mark. So, um, but it got resolved. They, I mean, the judge ordered the registrar to turn over the name, to turn over the name, and if that, and then I became folks alert. Okay. And that's how it all started, you know. But that's about me. So that's how I got here. <laughs> well, man, you listen, you deserve you you've earned it. You've more than earned it. Yeah. So Yeah. But this the 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 friendship society, what's what what what's your drive behind that? Um hmm. other than wanting to share information with artists because you just don't share information you do the research as well right so you do more than just share information you you do the research and you present it in a way to where artists can understand correct what the changes are coming you're kind of like a a business a music i would call you a music reporter business reporter right because you get the information Mm-hmm. you consume it, then you package it and you present it to the public in a, a meaningful way so they can understand what it's about. So um, tell me about why, you know, in your words from, you know, when you want, when you started this friendship society, mm-hmm. wh- why did you want it to do it? So when I first started the Friendship Society, it was just a publishing company. I had just signed with Cobalt and I just needed a new company. So when I first signed 
um, it was just a shell company. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking about um, anytime I'm doing something, I'm always thinking about the next thing. It's just the kind of person I am. Like, what, what will this transition into? And so I started to think about what, where my leverage li- would lie. Gotcha. Um, and then it was just a kind of a, uh, an easy transition because I had already been talking for years. I was doing this way before the Friendship Society, but just kind of coaching artists. People would email me and, you know, just because they, they had known that I was in the music industry for a long time. Mm-hmm. So the more I thought about it, it was like, okay, well, why would I help somebody for free? I help, I would help somebody for free because the artist community means a lot to me. Um, so, so yeah, I think what was happening in the past is rever- was reverse engineering. It's like, make the artists, have the artists think that we're just work for hire. When in fact, we are really at the top of the totem pole. Mm. It's just that we knew so much about being creative and knew so much about artistry, but didn't understand the intersection where artistry and creativity would be business. So I said to myself, well, this will be my chance to, I guess, create a sub community within this culture of artists who now understand it. I wanted to teach artists about the the business infrastructure, but I I, I know that me, me just saying that that sounds boring. So my job was I needed to think of a way that I could wrap wrap it up and make it interesting to them. I mean, because you know the business side of things is arduous and it's challenging and it's complex. But if I could if I could really really deep do deep dives into certain things and understand it a little bit more intrinsically, then I could, I do a better job at delivering it to my audience. Got you. That's the friendship society. It's funny that you said that before you came on, I was, you know, doing some research with questions that I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. You were assigned to, a&M Records through Alistair. And I was looking up A&M Records. A&M Records became um, Geffen. Well, it was took over by, with defunct and took over by Geffen Records, consolidated mm-hmm. to Geffen Records. We all know David Geffen founded Geffen Records. Then yeah. I started looking into Geffen, how he mm-hmm. got here. Mm-hmm. And Geffen was working as a talent agent and personal manager and he was trying to get a recording artist signed to atlantic wasn't successful mm-hmm. but the owner of at the founder and owner of atlantic records suggested that he started a record company right right uh and, and i just say that to say this is that here you have this guy in your office and he's giving him game on how he can become one of you or equal Correct. to him. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the difference with between 
artists yeah and the record company correct absolutely because they listen AM record which you were signed to geffen records they've all given each other hands up yeah oh yeah for sure and, and i was just i was just listening i never knew this i knew geffen we all know about geffen and how mm -hmm. he got there steven you know started the business steven steelberg all and stuff but i was just doing it just on the humbug because i know i was going to talk to you and then okay. I, I wanted to look at the history of the record company you assigned to. Sure. And I was like, what? The and then you, what you said kind of relate to what happened to David Geffen. Okay. You know, which was great. Another thing you saying the artist was reverse engineering. I would agree with you. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you. Yeah. Uh, artists put a lot into their craft to create. And, but they don't understand the business. Yeah. Right. And the business is where they, they fall short because they focus right. and put so much energy into creating that they neglect the business aspect of it. And this That's is right. the music business. Correct. The entertainment business. Yeah. So they should put a little bit more emphasis on it. But I want to play you another clip. Uh, okay. I'm going to play the future because I want to talk about, you know, your size. So let me play this. We'll come back. We'll talk. Do I know what to say? No, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. My feelings are hurt. Okay. Why am I bugging out about this? Future sells this catalog for 65 to 75 million because we know publishing, publishing was the most valuable commodity that we once had. Now, there are three factors that interest me right now, but we're going to dig a little deeper. Let's get to it. Number one. We know that the royalty rate sucked in the first place, even though we've seen significant increase based on the CRB's ruling this year, doesn't matter. Both performance and mechanicals sucked. Number two, we know that the way artists were making money was touring. So for more than 24 months, you've lost a significant amount of your money that's coming in. And even with brand and merch, how do you promote that? You tour. Okay. And then number three, I always say the music industry or the music business is a rich man's game. The record labels are the bank. The only reason you need them is because most artists cannot afford to market, promote, and distribute globally like they need to in order to make a huge impact. But let's dig deeper. Follow me for more. Lord have mercy. You just want to read through the phone and just grab him. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. I, I listen. I I agree with you to an extent, but I disagree with you. Here here is why I disagree with you on this point. Mm -hmm. uh, for us to understand why he's selling his catalog. Me, you would have to sit down and read his contract with well, who he signed to Sony, right? He signed to Sony or Correct, Universal. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Sony. Yeah, he I, signed I to Columbia Sony. I think Sony. Yeah. Okay. We would have to sit down and read his contract. Correct. Because that would give us a better insight as to why he's selling his contract, why he's selling his catalog. And mm -hmm. when he came into this game he came in from 
Rocco, right? If if my history served me yeah. correctly, I'm yeah. not I'm not that I'm kind of like out of tap with the music business right now. But I think he came in with Rocco, and there was a little bit of dispute where he had to pay him off, and That's he right. did. That's right. So he went back to Colombia and renegotiate. Mm-hmm. Right. So everything that you say, I agree, but we don't know what that con- what the fine print in that contract say. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, no, no. I apologize. What what I was gonna say, just to interject, was my. I guess my, for the post, what I was saying was, I'm hurt to hear that he's selling his publishing. Not that I didn't agree with it, right? Not that I, I just, and then if you, if you, if you notice with the post, I just went into what publishing is, right? right? And then I went into three factors we should consider. And then I ended the post with, but let's dig deeper. It was so many people that were like, oh my God, you know, you know, one way or the other, but you, you cannot refute that whatever the reason, right. You, you, you're absolutely right. I I didn't know the terms. Um, it doesn't change my stance. I still feel the same way. Well, let let, let me, let me try to, let me try to, you know, I feel like I'm in fucking court. All right. Let me try to persuade you. Okay to change your mind right we don't know the con the terms of the contract why okay so that's one point that we don't know about let me put this on the table sure 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 futures music right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't know what 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 can we call his music what what, what, how would we categorize that it can't be chr rhythmic it's not i don't know if it's urban because is there such a is there such a thing as an urban category that's been is it pop? It is pop. Because so rap is pop. Okay, pop. so you, so you will call futures pop. Okay. As I said in the in the pre-interview before we started recording, mm-hmm. name me a future hit. I I can't name you a future <laughs> hit, right? Because I no, I'm and I'm just saying, you know, once again, and just let me make this clear. Right. Not rather future sold his publishing you know when he sold his rights whatever the terms you know was i don't it's not that i disagree or agree right because I, I don't know the terms of the agreement there's, there's no, no way no, no, I I, I, but but i want you i want you to agree because i, I need you on my side come on come on come on well, to the, come on to the dark side joy i, I need you over here with me here, here's, I, why, I, here's why i need you with me hold on here's why i need you Come on, you gotta come. Listen, you gotta come with me, man. Here's why. I'm, I'm gonna tell you something, and and just I'm gonna leave this right here with you. Okay. I used to be managed by Flavor Unit, and one day, Shaquem and I, we were on our way to a concert out in Long Island, Naughty by Nature, and Shaquem told me, nothing else, don't ever forget this. Are you listening? I said yes. He said, your publishing will feed your children's children children's children don't ever forget i told you that and i never forgot he told me that and it's true it's an it's an artist's number one asset so who 
who can determine, right? You know, right now, yeah, no, I can't remember it. It's not a Ray Charles record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not right. Ray Charles. You know what I mean? Like, he's not Curtis Mayfield, but I don't know what this subset of music will be to these Gen, Gen Z, Gen Y 25 years from now. I'm going to tell you, nothing. Okay. Nothing. You know why? Okay. I'm going to tell you, and listen, we can agree to disagree, but I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be anything because this is, this music was created. You only enjoy this music if you're high. Okay. okay I got it. For okay. me and you, it means nothing for me and yeah. you because we're in a whole different space and we've got other things going on, life you know, mortgage, family. So this, that type of music don't relate to us. We might hear a future song on the radio or on Spotify. Oh, this is cool. But right. we move on. It's not something that we're like, oh, wow, that's fire. No. Right. So his music is enjoyed if you're high. Okay. Got it. And gotcha. when you listen to, when you think of future and his music, and he has some music with Dre, with with Drake. I was like, oh, okay, it's cool, but mm -hmm. I don't see it being the music of standing the test of time that someone's gonna play twenty years from now, even the Gen Z or the Gen Z generation at their wedding or the family reunion. I can see that. I understand it. 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 It's just, Definitely. and again, we don't know what the terms of the publishing and the contract is. Okay. Yeah. Now, if I was managing Future. And you were representing future. You probably would look at the 75 million and said, you know what? You're hot right now. But the child support in 10 years, when you're not yeah. hot, it's going to yeah. be a pain. So it might be good to cash out in the 75 million now for the current. Listen, and you know what? It might be smart. Absolutely. He sells his catalog as is right now for 75 million, 65 million, right? But that don't include future music that he's going to make. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. want the catalog? Great. I'll sell it to you. Yeah. Listen, you're an entrepreneur, right? The Friendship Society Correct. is not the first business you got into. No. Right? And like you said, Correct. you you get into things because you're looking at the leverage. So mm -hmm. when you get into business, you're thinking, okay, I might be in it for five maybe six years, seven years, and mm -hmm. then I might sell it. You know, Correct. I, I'm not, listen, I got rid of all my fucking crypto, right? They're sending me yeah. emails talking about, you know, safety. I don't care about none of your safety. I am not betting my kid's future on your nonsense. I'm cool. Absolutely. I made some money. I'm good. All right. Yeah. I'm good. But, yeah, you know, we are two people here sitting that we're not going to bet our future on what these Gen Z is doing, right? right. Because we've right. seen the music business from one state. It's shaky here. Then they come in with this 360 thing. Like, you know, it might be a good deal for him. Right. You know, as we're looking at it. Wait a minute. I mean, you're a writer. Okay. I don't write anymore. Right. You're a writer. So 
how difficult you think to write a future song. Who knows? And listen, yeah. you know how publishing works. Writing, Absolutely. production. It's only 50-50. And then, yeah. you know, if me and you write it, we got to split that 50. Absolutely. All right. Let me walk into the studio, Joya. Hey, Joya, I like that. Yeah, I think you should put uh, my love right there. Next thing you know, I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. No, absolutely. <laughs> One. <laughs> okay, Dance Hall Magazine talks to the legend reggae artist Buju Bantan. I don't feel like he sidestepped the question about selling his music catalog. I think he answered it in eloquent Buju Bantan fashion. So if you don't know, during Buju's tenure of being incarcerated, he actually earned his degree in music. And so what he says is it's incumbent that artists understand that when it comes to selling music catalogs and your publishing rights, he feels that you should definitely create leverage within your career, right? You, you don't know what you'll need and you have to forecast. That's the way I took it. And I absolutely agree. I 1000% agree. So Dance Hall Magazine actually also had a chance to talk to Ziggy and Rohan about the um, estate, the Bob Marley estate, and also the publishing rights of uh, Bob Marley's music. And asked if, you know, if they would care to quote. <laughs> the Marleys said selling would be a hard no. Okay. Different artists, right? Yeah, for sure. Completely different artists. Yeah. Joya, it was a it was a pleasure having you here. I know you have Thank to run. I enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Likewise. I, I would love for you to come back whenever you want to come back. We can talk. I could listen. I could talk music with you all day. You know. Please let's do it. I would love it. You know. <laughs> uh, Joya, friendship of society. Um, they should follow you. It was a great conversation. I enjoy Thank having you. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. You take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.